I'm Cameron. And I'm Jonathan. We We like like beer. beer. We're a podcast by beer lovers, for beer lovers, and with beer creators. Some of our best stories start with beer. Now it's time to make beer the story. Each hoppy pour has been on an often unexpected journey to become the brews you love. So pour another round and drink with us as we explore the stories behind your favorite beers and breweries. And if you like beer, like breweries, like some bad jokes and great puns, And, like this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you can learn about all of our upcoming breweries we have on tap. Happy Great Taste Eve, everyone. Hey! You guys out there there drinking some good beer? Good beers out there? Derek, cheer. There we go, Derek. (laughs) Nice, nice. So, we are Pour Another Round... And we're a podcast by myself, Jonathan Eckelberg, and my friend and co-host, Cameron Teske. Yeah. Pour Another Round is a podcast that dives into the stories behind the suds, and every brewery and brewery, every brewery and brewer, of course, has a unique story behind their location, but also the beers that they're they're creating, and that you know got them to where they are today. So we're here to share those stories about breweries, but also today about great taste. That's what we're all here for, right? Yeah. So great did you guys know that great taste is happening this weekend? Yes. You good? Your great taste is happening? It's happening this weekend, right Fred? Otherwise I took a bunch of stuff to the park. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and did you also know that great taste is kind of a big deal? You also knew that, yeah. <laughs> Thirty five big deals. <laughs> So we've got a great panel of beer guys up here to talk about some beer, some breweries. We have a beer bar here uh, and one particularly sweet beer festival that uh, we're in particular here to talk about. So we're excited to be here with all of you beer fans talking and drinking beer tonight and recording a podcast episode in person tonight. It's live, baby. Oh, nice. And we have applause. We do have some applause. (laughs) So uh, how many of you guys out there are going to Great Taste tomorrow? We got, we got a lot of a you out there. Awesome. A handful. Nice. Yeah. How many first-timers? Okay. Yeah, we'll couple right. you. A couple. How many of you have been here? Great, great taste veterans. <laughs> we had any great taste veterans out there. Drew's a great yeah, taste yeah. veteran. There we go. We got there some we out go. there. We've got the uh, public craft folks in the, in the back from so, Kenosha. So for, for all of you who have been here before, uh, after we have our conversation with our panel up here, we're going to invite some of you up here to talk and tell some of your best great taste stories. And you can win some swag. You can even make up stories. We don't, we're not going to fact check you. So we can, we can have that. So start thinking about that now, and we'll, we'll get back in touch with you all later. So we, as Cameron mentioned, we've got a great panel of, of beer guys up here. Um, you know, usually we're talking with brewers and breweries and, and getting to know the stories behind those, um, those, those breweries themselves and what their story is. But um, we've, you know, we've got, we're talking about one particularly great beer festival, the Great Taste of the Midwest. And, um, you know, we're excited to be here talking with you guys, talking with Henry and Garth and Fred from Great Taste and, uh, and, and uh, getting to know all of the stories behind the festival and, and you know, hearing some of your stories out there, too. So uh, let's start with introductions first. So we have Fred with Great Taste of the Midwest. So, Fred, give us a little background of who exactly you are and, and what's your involvement with this uh, magnificent festival that we have here in uh, Madison this weekend. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for coming out and thanks for uh, highlighting us. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. It means a lot to our brand. 
means even more to a brewers that come around uh, tomorrow and come around for the whole weekend. Uh, my name is Fred Swanson. I've been in the uh, Great Taste uh, Organizational Committee for just shy of 30 years. I think this year is year 28, 29, something like that. There's a couple people a little older than me. They're in wheelchairs. But um, what I do for the Great Taste is uh, I wrangle all the beer. I work with a small group of people that are awesome, um, and, uh, and Henry's aware of that group of people because he's on the receiving end of a lot of communication from us. But we are the guys that operationalize getting the beer to the event. And, and what do you do outside of Great Taste? I was a public school teacher for about 35 years, which is probably how I met Henry, maybe the first time before even beer. Um, and then now I help to uh, run and work at a distillery called Dancy Goat out in Cambridge, Wisconsin. Hold on, I have a very important question. You said public school teacher, and that's probably how I met Henry. Was, were you Henry's teacher? I was not Henry's teacher. Henry, was, <laughs> Henry used to brew, and they uh, and Andrew and Henry were housed at House of Brews here in Madison before yep. they moved over to Milwaukee. And some of my students worked in that facility. Okay. Uh, as a public school teacher, is that what drove you to drink lots of beer? It is, it is crazy because uh, that is not. Um, I probably drink the least of it. Many of the organizers of the event, <laughs> people always ask, what's your favorite uh, beer? My favorite beer, and it's been my favorite beer for 28 years, is the first beer that's in my hand on Sunday morning when I realized everybody got home safe and, uh, and we put this thing on. And it doesn't matter what that beer is. It could be a 14% Imperial Stout. It could be Hams. I don't care. So uh, the nice beer, the nice thing that uh, doing uh, the conviviality and the friendships that exist and the relationships that come from putting this on in an industry where people really value um, community is uh, has blessed me twice with being able to uh, have uh, a hand in a couple beers. Uh, last year was a beer from Solomoth that um, I did that uh, was called Fast Action Hero and we did it together down at Solomoth and there's a whole COVID story behind that one. And then this year, uh, Mike and I down at uh, Microphone in Downers Grove and his uh, his team of brewers, uh, we did a, uh, in his Sir Belenzalot category of beers, we uh, did an Imperial Stout that came out today, and it's uh, currently on Tap and Cart's Brew Bar on Monroe Street in Madison, Wisconsin. Fred Belenzalot, which is my uh, pseudonym every time I check into a hotel. Thank you. And it's called what? Fred Belenzalot. <laughs> You know, a lot of uh, major celebrities need to do that with with your great taste persona. Are you are you well known in the Madison area? I, I think I'm overly known. Unfortunately, in many cases, I'm, I'm, I might be that I might suffer from that. Um, this is a reviewer, and they're in, so all of a sudden the chef gets called because it's his yeah. day off, and the yep. reviewers in. So I might suffer from some of that, but you know, is that why you grew the mustache, Fred? That's the no, try that go undercover. Is, oh my god, the mustache is so <laughs> bad, so bad. There's a whole story behind the mustache. But uh, no, it's it's that uh, I tr- we try not to do that. We try to do as much of the we instead of I kind of methodology to pulling this thing off. You know, you never tell. Here's the big secret about the great taste. Bottom line is, if you take care of the brewers, the event runs itself. Okay, and that's what makes us different. So. That's what we focus on a lot, and it's not about me. It's not about this guy or that guy. Hell, it's not even about Henry or Garth. It's about uh, all of us coming together, and that's us coming together times 10,000 on Saturday. Cheers to that. Well, let's introduce... Oh, Henry can't hear us through his headphones. Can't hear anything? No, not a... Not a... I hear your microphone, though. Your microphone works. What if, you take, what, what if you take that splitter out? He can hear us now. How about now? He can hear us now. Hey, there we go. He can hear us. Look at that. This little dongle. Dongle. What a funny word. <laughs> 
It's a real bummer. I meant the one that was three, three, really five million, yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, that's Henry, folks. Yeah, uh, I was just about to introduce him. Showed up for the show. The non-working dongle. Oh, I was just about to introduce Henry, but I think he just introduced himself with his dongle not working. I can't take it anymore, Jonathan. Hey, that's so, a good name uh, for a so yes, we're obviously <laughs> my dongle doesn't work. We're obviously here at the Great Taste pre-party at Garth's, but you know, let's start with Henry from Mobcraft. In Mob, so Mobcraft beer is in Milwaukee, and soon to be many other locations. Yeah, hopefully soon, right? <laughs> so, so you can react to that if you want. <laughs> so we've recorded two podcast episodes with you, Henry, on. All about the Mobcraft story, but also about the investment and growth opportunity that uh, Mobcraft is currently embarking on. So definitely, uh, if you anyone out there hasn't checked out any previous Mobcraft episode, head uh, to PourAnotherRound.com or wherever you get podcasts and listen to the our first conversation with with Henry at, at Mobcraft, or um, or about the investment opportunity and learning all about your growth to um, Denver and uh, Waterford and. Um, Woodstock. Woodstock, thank you. All I know it was another place. W. <laughs> Woodstock. But you're not in the new documentary Woodstock. about Woodstock no, that just that came Woodstock. out. Not that, not Woodstock. that Woodstock. Different Woodstock. Different, different Woodstock. <laughs> the new Woodstock. The new Woodstock. You know, when, whenever I think of you guys, I always go back to one single memory. And it was the first and only time that I ever poured isopropyl alcohol on top of a chocolate cake and lit it on fire. <laughs> yes. We started a fire we in made a the chocolate Mobcraft Brewery. Just a chocolate Close volcano. We had fine. five gallons of chocolate cake frosting to put in a beer. Which we have that beer on tap. Yes. And that beer, like, that's the last quarter barrel we have of it. And oh, I no. appreciate how that beer Until you brew it better. for the advent calendar, Ooh, right? Advent yeah, next calendar. <laughs> advent calendar. Anyway, we'll get into the Mobcraft story in just a little bit. you got to hold your horses. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Henry. Sorry. We're gonna we're gonna introduce well, Garth here because we are at Garth's yes, Brew Bar. This is this yeah, is your baby. This three years old. So can't drink yet, but three years old. People can. She's close. She's close. We got a lot of a lot of beers here, uh, but we are uh, graciously here with with Garth as well. So I uh, appreciate you yeah. for hosting this party. And uh, this is Henry's Henry's the uh, greatest idea. great taste of the Midwest party around. Pre party. One might say that. Pre party. I mean, the the whole inspiration when Fred was talking about bringing the brewers together and how it basically runs itself. I mean, this is like a mini festival every day at Garth's Brew Bar. It's showcasing all of these various breweries, yeah. focusing on Madison, Wisconsin, and then the U.S. at large, and being able to share their stories. So it's been awesome to be able to talk to folks like Henry and uh, you know, share that experience with team members and have that be transcended to the guests that come in. And obviously, we've talked about beers with you, beers with Fred, beers from Henry. There's a lot of beer and a lot of stories to be shared here, man. It's crazy. <laughs> we love it. Exactly. Well, speaking of which, Fred, we are, of course, here to celebrate Great Taste of the Midwest and um, the 35 years that you've been in existence. So, not you. Know, you. This, this you, you seem a little older than that. I'm yeah. way older than 35. Well, you're kicking, are those Brooks? Are those Brooks shoes? You're kicking some. Those are. No, those are Mizuno. Okay. <laughs> the mustache, I think, I think mustache brings him down a couple years. It does. He looks, he looks like a dapper young man. <laughs> So, Great Taste of the Midwest is the second oldest beer festival in North America. So, let's start with the history of the event. What what year did Great Taste start, and, and how did it, you know, we're in 2022 now, 35 years later. What did it look like 35 years ago compared to what, where we're at now? It's a, It was a labor of love by a bunch of people that had a huge amount of self-interest. 
they were going to throw a party for themselves that they just <laughs> happened to invite. I think it was probably 100 to 200 people the first time. And we still celebrate those people that are with us for all 35 years. So wow. if you look at the Spreckers and the Stevens Points and the Hubers, those guys are still there. Okay, the Line of Kugels. I mean, that to me is important. The Great Taste is in no way, shape, or form a curated event. Okay, it is not about, you know, six guys sitting in a back room saying these are the best beers in the Midwest. It is about just getting in because you won a lottery, you signed up. It's... It, it's not curated in any way, shape, or form. So 35 years ago, it looked like a very small party. Um, but the cool part was there's still some of those guys around. Um, and it served a really big need. The Great Taste was one of those things that people said, oh, my God, because the Garth's Brew Bar was not around. There were not bars like this. There Damn were it, not Garth, where were you? Garth, how old were you 35 years ago? <laughs> I wasn't even an idea in my, in my dad's brain yet. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, if you think about 35 years ago and you think about today, I mean, there's obviously not a Garth's Brew Bar. There's not a long table. You know, there's not a Dexter's Pub. There's not a Malt House. None of those places that we know of beers in Madison existed. So you had to go to a beer festival to find some of those things. So these guys, we put on an event that was unique, it was different, and it was not about a competition. It was about just getting together, drinking beer, having sharing time, sharing stories, and having a good time. So that was that was us, you know, 35 years ago. Today, it is not that at all. It is you got a little bit more people. Bigger but it's event. freaking magical still. I feel like there's still all that magic and camaraderie that you got out of 100 people. You get, what'd you say, times 10,000? 10,000. 10,000. It's remarkable every, every year. Every, well, I started about seven years ago, and I leaned into my, my staff and the team that worked with all of us, and we all worked together. And I said, I really want you guys to go with me on this. And they, they really looked at me with, with skeptical eyes. And I, want, I said, I want you to think about this park as if it were your living room. I want you to think about we are all individually inviting people into our own personal homes. Okay, and then go the next step, and then we all just oddly, 50 of us happen to live together, and then we're inviting people into this crazy little <laughs> hostel that we all share space in. But it's our home, and you say two words. You say to every brewer every time they drive up, you say, welcome home. So hopefully somebody said welcome home to you about 12 times today, yeah. Andrew. Yeah. So that is important <laughs> to me. It's not a tagline. It's not a marketing thing. It's serious. It's Christmas Day. It's we're all together. It's my house. It's your house. Let's drink beer. Let's have fun. So intentionally, we kind of leaned into that, and it's really kind of caught fire. And I think a lot of times, you're, what Garth said exactly was, it creates a different vibe for an event. It's not. It's not fifty guys trying to capitalize and make money and trying to clear ten thousand dollars on a Saturday. It's a bunch of guys trying to figure out a way to give fifty thousand dollars back to local charities in Dane County. So that's, um, it, that's as important to us as possible. If we can give thirty to fifty grand away every year, uh, just by sitting around with our friends and drinking beer, that's not a shit. <laughs> Charitable component. So that's what the vibe is. Component. The vibe is component. It's fantastic. The number of people that I get to talk to that come into the bar after going to Great Taste, or that I just chat with outside drinking, telling me about breweries that they discovered at Great Taste is awesome. They always follow it up with visiting breweries that they already loved, too. So I love that it's that perfect blend of you get to try something new, experience a new brewery, meet some new people, but you also get to shake hands and hug your friends that you had met maybe at the previous year. It's awesome. Sure. It's just magic. It's, it's, the, it's the magical component of continuing to evolve but still staying the same. 
with yeah. your roots and still leaning into what really matters, which is, you know, time with each other. And, you know, the nice thing now, we have apps that can help you to search things and you can have that event. You can look for all the rookies every single year. You know, this year there's 35 rookies. That's your, that can be your entire event. Because you know, all you do is go to people that never came to the Great Taste before. You can, only, you can search by breweries that end in Y. Okay, non-touching states to Wisconsin. I mean, you can do crazy. Don't all breweries end in Y? Thank you. I was about to ask that. Does <laughs> Bob Craft? Nope. Bre- Ooh. <laughs> so, so, um, so, you can drink nothing but you can drink pilsners all day. Okay, and just lean in seventeen beers, and really spend time into you know time with. You know, I'm just yeah. doing pills today. I was talking to somebody that said they're going exclusively for saisons. They've they've marked every saison that's there, and they're going and visiting that. Peanut butter saison. And you start there, and you do it, and that, that is so. That's the beauty of technology is now that we have that ability. I mean, we used to have that ability, but you had to keep your shit together. Yeah, paper, paper and carry, carry that around yeah. after after a few after yeah. a few beers. I'm sure yeah. that's not so easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the demand to have that thing out on Monday so people could just like drive through the park and pick it up to highlight it for five days was pretty silly. <laughs> Um, but no, it's just, it's that notion of, you know, we were what we were then and we are what we are today, um, but we are not a marketing firm. We are not a, we're all volunteers. There is nobody getting paid at the Great Taste. There's no salaries uh, given. And uh, the thing is put on for, you know, Dane County and local charities. You know, we talked about how it has just, how Great Taste has become such a huge phenomenon, really. And, you know, nearly 200 breweries pouring something like 1,400 different beers right um to over six thousand attendees so who you said no one is is necessarily getting paid at the event who's who's planning this who's responsible for this massive phenomenon uh there's probably i mean we have 300 ish people in our club okay. um 200 of those are folks that are um frequent to infrequent uh attendees to anything And there's probably 50 to 75 that really lean in hard to do all of the heavy lifting for the event. There is a steering committee of about six that looks at new ideas every single year and tasks ourselves with not always being the same. This year we're doing something that we've never done, um, and it was a result of last year's pandemic event. um, And we leaned in really hard to the feedback that we got from that. Would you like to hear more? I would love to. Um, <laughs> last year, there was an, we, we had kept the same exact footprint, and we had 5,000 people. Okay. And people came up to us in droves, all of us, moms, dads, our, our spouses, our friends, people that we didn't know. And they're like, do not go back. 10,000, no. 5,000, yes. And it was just, okay, what does that mean? And then it was like, oh, okay, that's part of that's a pandemic response. Part of that is we're unsettled. We don't really know response. And the other part is there's a whole lot to that. So what we did this year was we shrunk the tents down. Please tell me you all have gone at least once. Okay. Right? Yep. Many times. I've never been. Okay. So we shrunk the tents down. I know. Down I know. Right I know. I'm sorry. So you're going to have to envision my, my room. I asked a question. You're fired again. <laughs> so up top, there are, up top there are four tents that really are on the lake. Okay. There is a fifth tent that is way high off the lake but overlooks the lake. We shrunk all of those down by six or eight breweries, so they're very different. We reorganized them so that there was a smaller footprint of brewers up top, but um, more room for people to spread out. Then we moved an entire tent onto the soccer field, and we moved what I call the car show, 
everybody that's got a VW splitty wagon or a fire truck or anything that pours beer. I mean, there's a there's a damn Scooby Doo wagon um, that's pouring twelve taps <laughs> for Fair Street. The mystery machine is there this year, and you can play uh, Nintendo on the other side. Twelve taps on one side, Nintendo on the other side. Fantastic. That sounds like my favorite. Right across we wanted from us. all of that to be highlighted differently, and by moving and using the soccer field. We had that ability because it stretches people, but we didn't add any brewers. We didn't add any uh, patrons. What we did was we added um, we added uh, land, real estate, and we're hoping that that makes people feel real comfortable. Well, Henry and I talked about this years ago. It's like, how do you gain attention if you're a brand-new small brewery and nobody knows about you and you're in the middle of a big show and there's all these corners with all these lines? How do you get you so get a Scooby Doo truck. Can be this, you get a Scooby Doo <laughs> truck and you lean in there. Come on, this is 101. That's how this so rolls. So who has VC backing? <laughs> so that, that's what we're trying to do. We're doing stuff like that all the time and changing things out and trying to figure out different ways. It's first year we're not having the real ale tent, which is really sad. I just really heard about that the other day. Yeah. Mm. But then we're leaning back into our education tent, and it's hey, Garth's Gar- second. Garth taking on the wine, hear, the wine industry. Beer, beer I, hear, wine. I hear Garth is having a, yeah, uh, uh, I couldn't think of the word either before. A bat- battle? Uh, no? Not nope. That, not a battle? Oh, not, not that word. Smackdown? Bout? Nope. Nope. Fistics, Comedy Fistics Central. Oh, roast. Oh, a roast. Yes. A wine roast. Got it. And then the, she's going to roast yes. you for the beer. She's pretty good uh, on stage. Oh, you better watch it, Garth. Well, uh, this, this you got any jokes to run past us? For tomorrow, right? Okay, it'll be after, after so tomorrow. I can, I can share this. It'll be, it'll be two days ago. I'm off by throwing swag out into the crowd. And I have nice. not gone to a, a conference or a show where it hasn't been like good after you've gotten free swag. So I am hoping yeah. that she doesn't bring swag. He's buying the audience's it's, it's love. It's convincing. It's warming <laughs> them up, really. It's there you the beer go. will do the rest of the work. Bribery works. Whatever. All right, so Fred, I, I do have one more quick question for you, and it, we're talking about, you know, it had 10,000 people at its prime, and then you, you've cut back post-pandemic, but you've been in, in the business for 35 years, Great Taste has. How how have you been, like, so wildly successful? Like, I've been to some beer fests before, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of people there, but not the crazy, crazy demand that Great Taste has. So, like, what do you think is really driving the insanity to get tickets to Great Taste? First and foremost, like I said before, it is making sure that the breweries are taken care of. Uh, we did not realize that one of the edicts that we had in uh, the very first few years was a very, very important edict. Um, that was um, make sure that everybody behind the table has had some hand in that beer. Okay, and you, sure, you can bring your marketing agent, you can bring your sales agent. That's fine, but I'd also like to see. I'd also like to see the brewer, the assistant brewer, the bottler, anybody that's got skin in the game in production there. And I want them, I, you know, I want somebody there so that that conversation can happen. You know, if you're an event put on by the Kiwanis and the Kiwanis is pouring beer provided by a distributor, that is a very different event. Right. But if you can sit there and say, what, Wazika Hops? They're from New Zealand? What? Tell me about that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I can answer that question as well. And it's the same reason yeah. that I don't go to too many beer festivals, you know, if if I'm going to go to a festival, it's awesome because I can go to Great Taste. I can see all the people that I know and love. I know that everything is there and we're treated like royalty. And most festivals make money off of the brewers and we make like 100 bucks. It's crazy. Whereas you go to Great Taste and you're like, oh, yeah, 
we're throwing this festival and we're going to do a great charitable component, but we're also going to appreciate the, you know, the actual performances, which are talking about the beer, pouring the beer, sharing the beers. And that's why you get all the owners and brewers to show up to great taste. If you go to any other beer festival, you're not sitting there at Central Waters and Anello is pouring you a beer. You know, you're not going up to Mobcraft and it's Henry and Andrew both behind the booth. Like, that's the reason yeah. that we go to Great Taste is because it's being with family. Like you said, welcome you into your home. And that's how it feels when you get there. And the big thing about that, so to answer your question one more time, is if you take the brewers, you treat them well, then every... I've said it probably 35 times, 35 rookies of this year. I said, here's how you have to conceptualize this. You load your truck in Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin. You load your truck. It's the last time you touch shit on your truck. Okay? There will be a descent of volunteers that come to your truck, take all of your beer off your truck, take all of your equipment off your truck, take your equipment down to your booth, take your beer onto the cold truck, and then we've got beer for you. So why don't you just go up there? We've got work to do. We'll get all this stuff settled. If you want to kind of monitor us, great. But then when you come back on Saturday, all your stuff's there because we deliver the beer back out. That's fantastic. The best thing in the morning is that you can get a cab or you can walk down to the Great Taste a because all of your stuff's already there. And a Bloody Mary. <laughs> a michelada. Because we don't beer. Yes. Oh, new year, new beverage. <laughs> so it's just, it's just that notion of take care of the right people. Okay. Fantastic. Don't tell the patrons that. Always take never care of the listen. brewers first in our situation. But no, it's just it's that you know if you treat them that way, they will want to be there. And if you make it such that it's not a competition and it's not something that they're all fighting against each other to get, we have one competition at the Great Taste. It's for best table display. Ooh. That's awesome. Henry, you what do you got? Um, I have a mannequin head on top of a steak. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird, right? A wooden steak or a beef steak? Oh. You got any beef steaks? No, it's uh, <laughs> just a hole in the ground. Her name's Loretta. Loretta. Um, no. Uh, but fa- face tats, there will be a Sharpie hanging. You can you know, draw something on as long as it's not vulgar. Oh, on the mannequin. I thought you were talking like you're giving patrons face tattoos. Oh, yeah, that too. Oh, that nope. too. Okay. Yeah. Well, I that a lot. On the mannequin? The booth, right, Fred? <laughs> no, no face tats. <laughs> <our movie. laughs> but what, what would it take for people to draw on your face at your booth? I have some dignity, man. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> so, Fred, um, tickets are, are pretty hard to come by, too, to a great taste. And so talk about that and how, A, how do people get tickets for great taste next year? Obviously, it's too late for this year, but for next year. And then you know, what like what has that been like, just seeing like the tickets just fly out you know out the door i suppose but metaphorical door yeah they're gone instantly it's really it's really weird um it's really weird because uh you've got a bunch of now aging white guys sure that are being drug into this century 10 years ago okay so the way we do things probably very much has to evolve Okay, but at the same time, we have to evolve, and we can't forget what people are still impassioned by. So, one of the ways to get tickets is to camp out at our in-person ticket venues, and that usually involves a food truck, a bunch of porta potties, some beer shares, staying up all night, and then when noon hits, you get in line, you buy your tickets, and then you've secured yourself some tickets. And that has um, a cult other, following, by the way. For anybody that has a that very like, that sounds following. horrible. No, it's a freaking riot. It's a, you know, people <laughs> just, they bring their tents. It's literally like you just move the state campground onto, you know, the venue of some brewery here in Madison. Just a quick the recommendation. Way is a don't bring your wife 
bring a bring a friend that likes beer to, to camp out. What if your wife likes beer? <laughs> then that I get yes. Okay, that's, that's that's okay. okay. <laughs> uh, I got to be more. But, but wait, did you bring your One wife the first time you did I this? I brought my wife. And, Allegedly, she wasn't into it. She was. <laughs> and the worst part was, was the, you could still get tickets at like twelve thirty after. Like we could have gone the morning of. You could have gone morning because everybody had crowded the other places. So we went to yep. the, the place. But that's the cool, it was thing, a cool to do. thing to do, and it's got a great story, and it was with Ail Asylum. So there's like yeah. I got that's to kind of throw over my shoulder now as a, a piece of Ail Asylum history. And my wife gets yeah, to remind me anything. of it every damn year. <laughs> every year. Remember when I had my to, like, worst camp day up ever? for movie premieres? So yep. why not? It, it, it's that notion of tickets. that was what we used to kind of do. Okay, yeah. um, particularly generationally, that's still a thing. Um, but then you can order mail order, okay, and get into a lottery and hope that you get tickets. So there's there's a couple ways to get it. But the but the bottom line that we we realized this year is that you know there's been a sea change. You know, when you get so many comments on social media, excuse me, Fred, I don't own a checkbook. You want me to write a check? What's that? What is a check? Um, and that was a legit, I mean, people know, but it was also a legit question. So we're going to have to address that. We're going to have to evolve. We're going to have to figure it out. Um, but then this year, one of the coolest things ever happened. Um, we lost a ticket venue and we were scrambling at the last minute. So we asked... Uh, we asked a, a, a brewery in uh, Southeast Madison, Delta Beer Lab, to be one of our in-kind places. But we asked them so late that they didn't have staff. And Delta Beer Lab, if you ask certain Madisonians, is in a neighborhood that some people might say, "Ah, oh, I haven't been there in 20 years. I have no reason to go there. There's no bad neighborhoods in Madison. I'm not here to say that. But I'm here to say that when they evolved an in-kind ticket sales that was unlike anything we'd ever done, they didn't have the ability to do overnight. They let people gather at 5.30. They were in a neighborhood that gets completely ignored by craft beer. And you saw women, you saw people of color, and you saw older people. Because it just fell into place for that group. And it was, like, amazing. It didn't help that it was next to a methadone clinic. But at the same time, it was this, we hit a target market that maybe we were missing for a long time. You know? You know, you got the LGBTQ community that came out hard that supported that. I mean, we really felt like that was a big win for us this year. So that was huge for us. So taking that, moving forward, and evolving, and never kind of sticking in your lane of the highway is what we hope. I'll throw to a do. plug in for Madison Humbers and Tasters Guild. It's a, it's a small fee to get involved, but when you're involved in that community, you get emails asking you, "Hey, do you want to volunteer for Great Taste?" I mean, Fred already said there's hundreds, hundreds of volunteers. You get to do work. You get to drink some beer, too. It's, it's a great volunteer gig. And uh, I've been graced with doing recycling duty. Get a few, few hours in, just hauling all the, all the recycling bags to dumpsters. But you sample a beer here, you know, here or there as you're doing that. Hopefully not. Leftover beers? <laughs> from, yeah. Yeah, so that's what all the recycle uh, duty people do. They actually pool the liquid, and then at the end of the night, we all... Bucket brow ceremony. Ceremoniously drink it. Ceremonial pull, yep. like you yep, pull at exactly. the end. But, but no shortage of volunteer opportunities. So if you want to get in, do a little good as well. Join the Madison Humbers Tasters Guild. Money goes to great, great spaces, great people, mm-hmm. and get a first dib opportunity to get involved hands on with the, with the great taste. Well, I know Henry has a fun story about a past great taste to share. Well, which one? 
the well, oh my gosh. Yep. Was it your first your well, first great taste? Wait, way back in the day when we started the brewery, we launched out of the House of Brews. So they Paige yep. was our brew daddy. Like he let us come into his space. Man. We brought in one seven barrel fermentation tank. Her name was Mary the Vessel of Truth. And he let us brew <laughs> beer there. And I always remember like Can I curse on the podcast? Okay. The dumb fuckery of us all trying to get to <laughs> great taste. Like they send out emails that say show up at this time, get set up by this time. Drink beer with your friends by this time. Public comes at this time. Always hour late for anybody coming from House of Brews. We're like keg and beer off the fermenter. Great taste is starting in a half hour. And Paige is like laughing at us playing circus music. Um, so just all of that is just so ingrained in my brain of us all trying to get ready at the same time and throwing stuff into our van. We had a 1993 Econoline van that was from a old folks home. There were still Depends in the glove box. Well, you drink enough beer, you might need that. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, that's just so so fun. Because we were, were like, 22 years old. And we had this great role model to help us get into the industry of Paige Buchanan. And, you know, so that really hits home as one of the funnest memories. Um, The second funnest memory, though, was us thinking it was a great idea to fill a 20-gallon wooden vessel. And we made a wooden firkin. And we're like, yeah, we'll carry it around on our shoulders until people drink it all. <laughs> like, yeah, you can pick it up. Yes, you can pick it up. But do you want to carry it around for 20 minutes? So I have these pictures. They're actually in Mobcraft in Milwaukee of like me holding this 15-gallon uh, wood barrel on my shoulder with a spigot, just like letting people pour out of it. <laughs> you you still look pretty fit. You could probably Thanks. do it again. Is, did, that, did that tone you up a little no, bit there? No, no, no. That was like <laughs> eight years ago. So. <laughs> I think we've only ever missed one great taste. Ever. Why? Which one? I think it was 2014, maybe. Is that because you didn't get picked? Was that a lottery year? No, that would have been pre-lottery, 2014. Well, then maybe it was spill the beans. What'd you I do? Know. Well, you, I, I, you, I, I don't know. <laughs> it was just one year that we didn't... We didn't Because not every brewery can go every year. You know? And you got to rotate all the new breweries, all the old breweries, you know? All that. There's, there's way more breweries than there are spaces. So I feel fortunate to have gone every year in our existence except one. It's awesome. What is that process like as far as picking what breweries are going to be at great taste and who can be there and who you know is on a wait list or you know, and is is that a lengthy wait list that people are that don't get picked or are waiting to be in what does that look like sure i mean there's 200 breweries ish you know that are there this year that have been there okay. for the last five or six years uh there's that many if not more on the wait list okay uh, this year was a year that we expected there to be odd attrition Mostly because uh, breweries didn't have staff to be able to come. Breweries that had every desire, wanted to come, did not have the money, were not financially able to, did not have staff, couldn't leave because they couldn't split their staff. Um, So there was a lot of that. Um, But about three years ago, I had a conversation with a very new brewery in town. And it started with, um, hey, you do realize that you're the great taste of shit that was cool 30 years ago. (laughs) And I'm like, huh. Huh. So okay. I mean, it was it was a total shot across the bow, and it and it and it missed its mark, but it didn't at the same time because uh, there was a small part of that that was true, and we leaned into what part of that that we thought was true um, because I didn't believe that August Shell, as a brewery that had been around for a hundred plus years, had never evolved. Even you know somebody that had been around for twenty five years, like the Great Dane, had never made anything more than their core brands. I mean, that statement by itself is a zero sum game and it makes no sense. But the part of it that was true was, if it was an ordinal wait list, 
and it was reliant on attrition or somebody going out of business or somebody getting married or somebody's aunt dying and you can't come, that's the only way you were able to get in back before there was a pandemic. So right before the pandemic, we leaned in and we said, we really intentionally want to have um, you know, 15% of those 200 to be rookie breweries, brand new every year. Awesome. So we run two lotteries and we get 30 of those breweries in and uh, they come off the rookie wait list, first guys in. And uh, it's, a, it's a weighted lottery. So it's a, uh, you, everybody has one ball if you've never been in. And then you have one ball plus your years of attendance. How many balls do you have, Henry? Uh, two. His dongle doesn't work. <laughs> two balls, but his dongle wow. doesn't work. Wow. Bring back to the opening <laughs> Two balls, but the dongle doesn't work. I know, I know what I'm going to be drawing on Henry. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I mean, there are people that, I mean, if you look at a weighted lottery and you always want to find that sweet spot where 30 of those are rookies there will always be people that are safe and that feels good because it's the old methodology if you dance with dance with the people that brought you um line and kookas is always going to be there i have zero time for what anybody thinks about old established very regional breweries you know zero i have zero zero time to listen to that conversation um so there are people that have been around for 100 plus years and they'll always be at the great taste probably sure. they are pretty safe um, and then there are people that have been on the wait list. This was the first year that running the wait list, we had to address what about people that got, never got lucky enough for four straight years? What do you do if somebody doesn't get? So we had to kind of statistically move around because that's not fair either. What about the guy that misses it 12 years in a row because he's just not lucky? You know, that sucks. And, you know, then he's left with a bad taste in his mouth. So, you know, we really leaned in. And this year we added a couple of breweries that uh, had been on just because we had so much attrition from our core grant brand so that's what we did there's a lot that goes into that there's a lot that goes in it's maybe overthought i don't know if it is overthought but it is it's what we do that's fantastic well and, and i know you need to get going here fred really quick so i I've, i do have one more question for you regarding great taste and then we'll get into a, a quick fire q a quickly okay. so people get to know your drinking habits uh you said that your your favorite beer on great taste weekend is the sunday after everyone gets home safely but I'm sure you've been walking around the festival grounds. Things getting a little crazy, some here and there. So, is there like a, a favorite memory of yours over the last seven years that you've been actively in a part, in a planner phase, or even as a participant before that? Like, do you have anything that stands out in mind of like, oh, that's one of my one of my most memorable great taste experiences? You want to know how I got involved in the great taste? Absolutely. So it was uh, my wife and I had moved here from Las Vegas, and I heard there was a beer festival downtown. And I went, and it was back at the Owen Terrace before there was the Monona Terrace, and before, and that was just a park, and there was a, a fountain, and there was a, a facade, a, you know, a walkway, and a, and a kind of a wall where uh, you could look over the lake, and there was a three-story drop, and you know, the homebrewers decided that, that that was the park that made sense to them because, in a lot of ways, it did. Okay, it was green space, it was downtown, but it also involved a fountain. A three-story drop on a place that people, on a knee wall that people could sit on, and a parking ramp across the street. Okay, so I'm walking out of the first event, and I'm watching everybody walk towards the government east parking ramp, and I turned right around, and I, I said this sentence, and that's what got me into trouble. Who the fuck is running this? <laughs> and they're like, what, what, words. me, what, what, why, I'm one of them, why? And I'm like, look, everybody's driving home. What is wrong with you people? And they was like, you want to help us fix that then? Big mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was how I got in. It was all about, because I'm looking at that from a bartender's perspective, as somebody that's had a license for 30 plus years, I'm like, that is unsafe. 
That is yeah. insane. Who's think, not thinking this through? So then we move very quickly to pivot to go to Olin Park, where there is no parking. We ask you know all the brewers to park up everything there. We yeah. uh, we subsidize all of the cabs. You know, it's a five dollar cab ride anywhere in Dane County. It used wow. to be a dollar cab ride anywhere in Dane County. Now it's five. Every uh, union cab driver turn, loves it? working our event. Uh, um, we have shuttles everywhere. We ask the neighborhood to put their cars onto the street and take up all the street parking. Wow. I mean, it's very intentionally thought out, and that was how I got in. Um, if you ask about, you know, what are some of those memorable, maybe over-drinking moments, um, there's nothing better as a bartender if you can lean into a conversation where you can educate the police, okay, respectfully and judiciously. And yeah. it was like a 100-degree day, and this is 20-plus years ago. And it's 30 minutes in. And this, this gentleman was probably 400-plus pounds, and he drives. And it's 30 minutes in, and the cop looks at me and he goes, this is why I hate working at your event. And I'm like, <laughs> do you want to lean into this conversation? This guy isn't drunk. He's dehydrated, and he just passed out. So let's have that conversation. And he's like, do you think so? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not a medical doctor, but yeah, I think so. I think he's dehydrated. Okay? And then it's 100 degrees, and then you're picking up somebody that's 400 pounds. It was just one of those memorable moments. And it was like, the person was so thankful that somebody cared enough to not just, you know, divert around their, their, their responsibilities and just call somebody else to deal with it. You know, those are the moments. I mean, they're weird moments, but those are memorable moments because that, I think, changed a little bit of our police culture where we could lean in and we could say, you know, I'm so sick and tired of Madison, certain elements of Madison referring to us not as the great taste, but as the all-you-can-drink beer festival um, because it's not that. I mean, we take pains to be something else. And these little odd, quirky things, um, sure, do people drink a lot? It's an all-you-can-drink event. Absolutely. But we're keeping cars off the road. Yeah, you know, so that's what really is important to us. It's like you know, we've got this showcase park, wouldn't you say? Showcase oh, yeah. park it that highlights Madison gorgeous. in a way nobody else can highlight Madison. Gorgeous. I mean, you could put this in the parking lot of the Alliance Center, and it looks like right. CrossFit <laughs> with really big guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess it doesn't look like CrossFit. <laughs> 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 but it looks like you know, a lot of twelve-ounce girls. Pick up all, pick that's up all the kegs. Right. That's yeah. CrossFit yeah. at its finest. Yeah. There's no shortage of water at uh, Great Taste now, by the way. Let, let's, let's be real about that. No dehydration happening these days. We are the only beer festival that I know that's outside that, uh, and I always screw up this word, so I'm just going to say potable. Potable water? Potable water. Uh, we run drinkable water. Drinkable water. We run uh, food-grade hose to all of our rinse tanks, and then we filter it and change the filters three times in those six hours. And wow. the filters coming off the city water in Madison are black when we change them. And these are off a bubbler. We run off one bubbler, and all the water that runs throughout the park that you can rinse your glass with, you can drink all day. And we put up all these orange Gatorade coolers. There's sanitation stations everywhere. You'd be hard, And there's probably 6, 8, 10, 12 breweries that have um, uh, on-tap have, yeah. water for people to drink. So, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to not find water. You've literally you're intentionally thought of not everything, looking. and that's why you it's so much fun to be there. Good, good for you. It seems to be a very well sought after event, apparently, and uh, Henry speaks very highly of it. We'll get into Mobcraft in just a second. We'll talk about Garth's in just a second, but I know you got to get going here, Fred. So, two quick questions. What is your go to beer style? Uh, IPA. What? Uh, IPA second to Pilsner. Uh, IPA Pilsner second. I said Pilsner that. second. Okay, and then if you, obviously a beer guy, you, you run a very successful beer festival. If you're not drinking beer, what do you what do we find you, you sipping on just to 
Step away from some beer for a second. Well, I would drink a lot of Limousine Ryan Death's Door Gin. Oh, yeah. Limousine <laughs> oh, Ryan all day, so, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, our distillery is out in uh, Cambridge, and we are very, very uh, excited to be part of that Wisconsin culture because the Wisconsin distilling culture, as is brewing, as is you know any food-based uh, thing that you've got, any craft beverage. I mean, these are all artists, people that make something that people can share together, all artists. Um, the craft uh, craft distilling industry is just kind of where beer was early, mid-90s, okay? I mean, there's still people trying to figure out their things. Um, I can't tell you the last time I had a bad beer. Um, I can't tell you the last time I had a beer that was executed poorly, for example. Um, there's a lot of styles that I wouldn't have a second one of or might not gravitate towards, but it's not because they're, they're ill-thought or they're not executed. Um, there's still people figuring out their machines in craft um, craft distilling. There's people that are still figuring out what those flavor components and where they're you know they're still seeking. Okay, which is kind of the cool part of being in the front part of that wave. So if I'm not drinking beer, I am very much drinking spirits and uh, a lot of ours. So fantastic. Yeah. Well, Fred, thanks for being here with us today. I know uh, on the, on the eve of a giant event, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your stories and. Thanks for being here. Yeah, Feel no free worries. to take off anytime you no need worries. to. But I'll hang out for a couple minutes. I got a text. I got four or five that came in. Sounds I'll good. I'll text and I'll stay as long as I can. Cool, cool. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, should we should we pause this? Gar- Me and Garth are empty. Yeah, we could pause. Should we, yeah, should we, we pour should another pour round? round? All right. Do you? Uh, while we're pouring around, do you want to uh, ask the audience for some stories on great taste? Yes. Who's who's been to great taste before that wants to hop on and? Talk about a great taste experience. Step on up. You gotta, you gotta hop up here. Have a seat. Hi, who are you? My name is Drew. I think I went to college with Henry. Actually, you went to Whitewater, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. I graduated in eleven. So yeah. Are you guys, are you guys become best friends now? We might. Depends if he wants. You guys gonna go to karate in the garage? Henry says yes. Drew says yes. I'm okay. In. Yeah. No, they don't want to get hurt. No, no. This is pretend karate. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you've been to Great Taste. How many times? Uh, this will be the fifth year. Oh, I've congratulations. Been. I skipped 2020 and 2020. Well, mm. didn't COVID, happen in 2020. COVID stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. How, how have you gotten tickets every year? We camped out at the Madison oh. locations. Okay. What 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 beer did you bring to share? What was, what was one of the memorable ones? Generally, bring Founders beers because we go to Michigan Fantastic. most every year. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. All right. So uh, what's, your, what's your favorite Great Taste story in the five years you've been there? So... There's a brewery in Chicago called Hailstorm. I think I told John about it earlier. They're there every year we go, and we just really like their their beers. And a friend of mine just hangs out there for the afternoon every year, and they offered him, uh, like, a camping chair last time we were there, and he was just – and all their beers, like, 12% ABV because they're all stouts. And, yeah, he was feeling pretty good. That so, so free camping chair in order to go camp out to get great taste tickets. It's, like, it's like perfect. Yeah. It's kismet, if you will. Yeah, exactly. It's a good yeah. word. I've always wanted to use that word in a sentence. I've never used there it you before. Go. I like that. Kismet. Fantastic. What, 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 what breweries are you looking forward to drinking tomorrow? Uh, so Bell's always has like a lot of uh, stuff going on at the Great Taste. We usually hit up the Sour Tent early. Fantastic. Uh, Henry's got some sours. There's a Sour Tent? Apparently. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the Ale Tent, but usually most of the sour beers are Oh, the real Ale Tent. There. Is that going to yeah, come back? Yeah, the real Ale. Yeah. Real Ale Tent is not bad. No, not this, this year, year, but no. in the future. Why did it go away? Um, it went away mostly because of cost constraints. And I will also say, Henry, it was one of the saddest parts of the great taste because we poured so much oh, down. Right. 
Yeah. Well, what, uh, it's, it's that. It's that. I think we're in that gap where there are were so many old white guys that drank uh, real <laughs> ale, and then you've got all these brand new breweries that are being super innovative. I will tell you, we're the only real ale event that had to have a peanut warning on a beer. Oh, yeah, that would never have happened in the UK. <laughs> yep. Okay, I mean well, a yeah. peanut allergy from warning. Because that's not a real ale. Like if it is you a don't in do cascales. Like, I tried to make one for my wedding, and I was like, oh, we'll throw a couple strawberries in it. And the whole freaking frickin' blew up all over the place. It blew up all over the place. You make normal-ass beers, and you do them on cask. And very few people make normal-ass beers. Yeah. One of the best stories is Carbon 4 is trying to do that, and they blew through the ceiling, over the wall, into the next (laughs) It was into the next condo. It was just blowing. It blew me away. But no, watching all that stuff get poured down the drain. Yeah, that's pretty um, And we want to bring it back. Maybe there's a a way to do it. You do it on even years. You do it on odd years. You skinny it down. Because we paid people extra to do it, so that wasn't part of it. It was how do you make it so people pay attention? That was our program. Oh, fantastic. Thanks. Yeah. Well, thanks sad for to hear that. I think my favorite at the Real El Tento was like seeing Keith Simons just one time, just drenched head to toe. Like he was tapping a freaking that was problematic. That was hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drew, uh, since you like to hang out in the sour tent that is no longer happening, uh, Mobcraft, sponsored by Henry at Mobcraft. Uh, has a sour goodie yeah. bag, sour beers, sour glass. You can you can take that home and uh, drink sours. Nice. Since we got three hundred thirty-three mil sour glass in there. Stemware, some nice stuff. Wood grain print on it. I think there's a Flanders red, a low funk, a sour golden ale. And I there's a blue one in there. One. Could you just pull it out of like the bag for me? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you, you, you could be a, a spokesman for a game show. And out of that bag is a sour, sour golden, golden ale, low funk, flanders low funk. red, and oh, low funk radberry. Nice. All right, radberry so beers it's in red. there. True. Drink up, Drew. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. We Absolutely. will. I'll be there. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really, Thank you, really appreciate Everyone, you having us. A round here. of applause for Fred from Great Taste of the Midwest. All right, man. We'll see you. All right. Now that we got Fred out of here. Yeah, that guy stole the show. It's like it's his weekend or something. <laughs> yeah, Fred's one of those dudes it, that I have the utmost respect for. He's just it is. like he's fantastic. He's fun to just be around. And when he talked about treating the brewers right, that's literally it. You go to some beer festivals and like, what's the beer budget? Two hundred dollars. Like, all right. So this beer that you're buying from me cost me a hundred and ten dollars to make, and I have to pay people to be here all day. And People break shit, and they take all of our stickers and slap them all over their shirts, you know? Those stickers are like 10 cents a piece. You know, when you have 20 stickers yeah. on your shirt, you're like, thanks, asshole. You know, so you get the great taste of that shirt. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. But when you get here, it's, it's something that, like, like you said, you show up, and people unload your van and help you. Help you. Like, wow. And they treat you like you're the entertainment for our party, which we are. And we're actually compensated for it. Like, you get here and you make money, which is very important to stay alive and feed your family. Right. Go figure. So you you and Fred seem to know each other. Is it just through great taste that you've been coming to? Or do you know each other from something else? He said that he knew you, but he didn't teach you. But you knew through high school. No, no, no. He, so he worked with uh, developmentally challenged kids in high school. Okay. So he did their work programs. And there were some students of his that came into House of Brews and helped out on the packaging line. Helped oh, out fantastic. Kegs. So I probably saw Fred four days a week for three years. 
Okay. That's in a cool his, program. In his traditional role. And then as mm-hmm. time has gone by and he's at Dancing Goat now, like, hey, we're doing Padishaw. Can we get some Dancing Goat barrels? So we got Limo Rye, aged Padishaw, and you know, all that stuff. Nice. So like you meet friends and you're like, you want to do cool shit? Want to do cool shit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as long as you're all good people, it all works out. Make good beer and don't be a dick. Let's put that on a shirt. I like that one. And then put Tony's Yeah, I'd buy that shirt. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the dick would do. Seems like a shirt. Fair. All right. That's counterintuitive. Don't be a a dongle. (laughs) Don't be a dongle. (laughs) Henry, we kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but let's just touch on uh, briefly on, you know, what's going on with Mobcraft right now. We've done some previous episodes with Mobcraft, uh, both on the history and the story of Mobcraft and how you guys got started, but then an, an, another episode with you on the growth yeah. that you guys are seeing and the investment opportunity people have. We haven't been running. We have been sprinting. We have been marathoning yeah. for like eight months. It's ridiculous. Um, but you've been sprinting a marathon. Yeah. Hold on. Eight yeah. months? Yeah. No, you've been sprinting for nine, nine years. years. <laughs> yeah. We did just have a nine-year birthday party. Yeah. Weird Fest was super fun. Uh, our, we released our nine-year anniversary beer. is Padishaw base beer, finished in port wine barrels. So, oh, my gosh, that beer is awesome. But anyway, that was a nine-year birthday party. A lot of fun. Other than that, though, Denver is getting super close. We had our staff training this week, so we'll be open in the month of August. It will happen. We've got some huge Great American Beer Festival parties planned down there Wednesday through Sunday. We're going to have Wisconsin Wednesday on Wednesday. Lakefront is shipping us down a bunch of their cheese curds, so we're like importing Ooh. Wisconsin cheese curds to, from Lakefront. Is that illegal? Uh, all is that legal? I don't know. Oh, don't tell Border <laughs> Patrol. Yeah. California <laughs> <laughs> Happy Cows? No. Wisconsin cheese curds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all Wisconsin beers on Wednesday. Um, Thursday, I'm super excited. We're having a beer night that's called Brewed by All, and we're focusing on beers that are brewed by underrepresented communities in the brewing world. That's going to be in Denver or all over the place. All over the place. All over the place. Okay. So, if anybody listening, we we had this logger and listen series that we did during the pandemic um, after George Floyd was murdered. That was focusing on all the like social injustices in the beer world. So we made a lot of awesome friends throughout that that are coming and bringing beers to that party. Basically, we're I mean we're taking the beers off tap that are brewed by us because we're white bearded dudes, you know, and we solely want to focus on beers that are brewed by people who are not traditionally you know, in the beer world. Like, let's amplify all of the awesome beers that are made by people that don't get enough recognition. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Wednesday, no, Friday, we are doing an IPA throwdown, and it's basically all the best IPAs from around the world. Uh, Country, country, not world. We're not going that far. Uh, (laughs) Saturday, we're having Lager Lounge, like crispy boys all day long. (laughs) If you go to Great American Beer Festival... By the time you get to Saturday, you're tired and you just want to like bed. So figured loggers then. <laughs> and then Sunday we're doing a brewer's brunch. Uh, D Taco Juan, who's kind of the business partner in D Taco, is a culinary chef. He's like a trained chef and he's going to do a gallant, awesome food with beer, made with beer brunch it's on awesome. Sunday. So that's a lot of fun. And then, yeah, we're just getting the ball rolling on construction at our Waterford location. Just all the demo side of things. And Woodstock is moving along as well. Underground plumbing is all installed, and the bars are getting built. So, just three simultaneously brewing opens at the same time in different states. In different states, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. and Advent calendars this year are booming, and we're launching Michigan and Colorado. So, two new states that we're getting all the permits for, and potentially Kentucky, Ohio, and Indiana as well. 
So just figuring out all the how the hell do you sell beer to five different states? Because every state has their own rules of, and not just beer, but beer in a box, yeah, big box, big box, twenty four boxes, including but not, the like, pour another on double chocolate birthday cake stuff. Not right? this. You guys didn't tell me this year going into it. We told you like five times, uh, Henry. It needs to be seven. We want it to be in the brain. advent calendar. <laughs> Next we year. want to be in the advent calendar. That's our That's goal, goal in okay. life. Okay. Well, <laughs> literally, we have our bar set so low. All we want is our beer. Our life our goal is to be in the Mobcraft <laughs> advent the calendar. Person. Her name nice is post. Kayla. She runs our shit. So okay. don't ask me anything. So what results? <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, at least you're honest. Uh, what beer are you pouring at Great Taste? What beer? I'm just. I brought yeah. one beer. What, what beer is that? Beer, yeah. beer, beer is like deer. It can be multiple beer. What beer are you pouring? Oh. What deer are yeah, you pouring? I, I get a deer out there. Beer beer are great taste, and I brought 10 beers to pour this year. Nice. That's crazy. <sighs> I don't have space for 10 signs on our poster. <laughs> what are you going to do? Write it on some mannequin's head? Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, I, do, all right, so, I do enjoy the breweries that have like a keg just tucked away and not like no label up of that it exists yeah that's above and beyond my basket or something like that or like hey i heard that you have this hidden behind there and like somehow word just spreads like wildfire i love when that happens you got a you got a non-listed you got a behind the booth beer <laughs> I, so uh pro tip ask for that Basically, anywhere you yeah. go yeah. you got anything but this is coming out afterwards I mean, so remember that for next that year everywhere you go like a restaurant anywhere you got anything that's not yeah. on the wait menu? you haven't you been, like, been oh, yeah. i want the back alley yes. menu <laughs> so beer wise we have um, we've got sour golden ale we've got the <laughs> hibiscus pineapple and the lulo persimmon versions of sour golden ale that's two beers yep. we have got i'm just gonna make beers like <laughs> yeah. we've got a low funk sour ale Garth is We've counting. got the double IPA, which is a double IPA brewed with beer. That, re- that relatively just came out, yes. didn't it? Yeah, very new crowdsourced beer. How's that one? It's is phenomenal. Crowdsourced beers this year have been awesome. Ever since your beer, like everything has been just well. We set the bar pretty fucking high. Yeah. So. Yeah. so fun. Thanks for starting the trend. Um, put your fingers back up, bro. <laughs> Sorry. We yeah, got four, the Fontas <laughs> Lemon, which is a pomegranate lemon lager. We've got Too Legit to Wit. We've got a Hop Lips, which is a hazy. We have got Existence Gin, which is a 10% Belgian strong sour aged in Great Lakes Distillery gin barrels. It's crazy stuff. Uh, Giddy, yup. I'm just going to lie about the last two. <laughs> no classic <laughs> batshit? I did not even bring no? batshit crazy this year. No. That's no. that's batshit crazy. I know. It's kind of weird. And I did bring Oktoberfest either. I see that you got Oktoberfest over yeah? there. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome Thank for carrying that beer. Cameron, how do you feel about Oktoberfest being available in August? Henry. Hey, it's called Seasonal Creep for a reason, man. <laughs> it is August 12th today. So you wanna, you wanna, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. All right, so the first year we said, no, you're we're not, not going to have Oktoberfest until September. And then that year, we had about half of the batch left over after October was done. Yeah. And then you're like, that sucks. Because we have so you'd rather pour, you'd rather pour in, in July. Nah. And this year... Was the first time that it came out in the middle of July, and we had already missed the window to be in the Oktoberfest displays at grocery stores. I've heard of this yeah. in yes. July. Well, Halloween decorations came out right before yeah. the July. So beer, so. I mean, it's not my fault that the beer comes out. It's your fault that you want to buy the beer that early. Damn it! Yeah. I do there's not. A, there's a brewery that did an <laughs> Oktoberfest festival in July, like just no. to make. Fun no. of it all. We're like we're just, yeah. if we're gonna lean in. We're gonna lean in hard. How about March? But, we're not but you also don't like November hits and no one wants the Oktoberfest beers. So 
Everybody you wants it when it's it called Marketing. You don't want it to right. be left you just over either. Adjust the name. Or it should really be called Act Marketing. Act Nober Fest. November Fest. Like, get it? No? Okay. It, it, it is a serious slash not serious problem. <laughs> See how that, you can name a beer Act Nober Fest. Fest. There we go. So what's the, uh, what's the secret keg you got? This is going to come out afterwards. So what do you, what do you got? I got some uh, a, a nine year anniversary tucked away. Oh, there you go. If you didn't ask for the secret beer at uh, Mobcraft's booth, can, can we determine it. the password is show me your dongle? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, show yes. me your dongle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a broken dongle. Uh-huh. My dongle also doesn't work. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's just stare Henry in the eye. My dongle also doesn't work. Well, I didn't know that dongles, like the the eight millimeter jack or the yeah. whatever, the small jacks. There's ones yeah, that have millimeter. three bars and ones that have two bars, and you need an adapter to get from the three bar to the two bar and vice versa to make it work. Know that, huh? So, oh, huh. The, who knew? The more you know, <laughs> you learn some, learn something new every day. We no longer have headphone jacks in our phones. All right, so Garth, we, we alluded to it while Fred was here, but we can dive a little bit deeper into it. What what are you doing to celebrate Great Taste at Great Taste? Like obviously you're having this great pre party here with uh, with Mobcraft, but what are you doing with this wine at yeah, Great well, Taste? Well, for sure, we got got to start from the beginning. Beginning. So I'll be going, I'll be chatting with all the brewers, getting some additional stories. I can come back and share with my team members at the bar to be able to help sell and share the stories of, of these brewers, of the beers that we carry and sell here. So that's priority number one. Priority number two, take care of recycling. Gotta do some of that. <laughs> priority number three is this is this face-off. This is this battle with Erin Rasmussen. We did it a couple of years ago in the education tent. Beer versus wine. She was just starting her winery so we had one of her wines and a few additional ones that she had hand-selected against a few beers and we did just cheese. Different cheeses, four different cheeses. And it was, a, it was a tough battle. Nobody got brought to tears, but it was a really tough battle. Did you almost cry? Almost. It was me. I'm an emotional <laughs> guy. I'll, I'll own it. Uh, but you got to remember, this is a beer festival. So these are beer drinkers coming to this attempt to even slightly, to even get applause or a vote for one wine over a beer is impressive. And it, I will say it was a tie at the end of the night. It was two and two. I matched two bearings better than she did. She matched two bearings better than me. So this is like extra weighty showdown on yeah. her shoulders. And we were joking, too, that she's sharing all of her wines now for this, uh, this pair-off. And we're doing different charcuterie board ingredients. We've got uh, pickled cauliflower. We've got beef sticks. We've got um, cheese. And we've got total blanket, oh, uh, chocolate-covered ginger. What are you pairing? Four different beers. You're going to have to show up to the education tent to, to, ch- to check them out. you got to learn yeah. something. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll talk you through the whole pairing, why I chose the beers that I did, why it works well with uh, the food ingredients, and why wine sucks with this pairing <laughs> as well. Uh, and these are her, her wines. wines that Garth is saying sucks. To clarify, these are not Garth's no, beers. He just Garth's sells beers. someone else's yep. beer. Yep. Although I wear the, the brewery's like, pride, like their, their, their logo on my chest went up. They're talking about their beers. So it's, it's close to my chest, but not as close as the wine is to hers. No. no, it's a little more personal for her. But it should be a damn good time. What time is that? 2.45. 2.45. Set yes. an alarm. Hey, Siri. I don't have Hey, Siri. I have a Google phone. All right. Well, you just have to say every expression on recording for those listening out loud and <laughs> set it on their device. I'll go. Again, this is being recorded, shown after, whatever. It's going to be a good time. 
we'll do a recap another I'm, time. I'm fortunate. Uh, so there's two other education events happening. I'm in the middle of the three, and those are well worth checking out as well. There's a beer and chocolate pairing that's happening. And I forget the third one. It's not really up my alley. It was with a different beverage, but worth checking out nonetheless. It's really fantastic experts. Was it uh, beer and Merlot pairing? I'm pretty sure it was just Merlot. And, um, Count me in. <laughs> so we've had three different crowdsourced beers submitted with Merlot. And my favorite name is Merlot to the Porters. Um, Has it been Cameron? No, it's Cameron's no. Cameron's friends. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, tried and we I put it in my coffee, shot it down. and that did not go that over didn't go well, well at Malort all. And coffee, who would have thought? No, Malort who would have thought? Nobody would have thought, and nobody would have tried, <laughs> and nobody should think or try. But I will say, uh, you, I think you did say for Weird Fest one year you wanted to do a Malort barrel aged. Does yeah. Malort age in barrels? I, I doubt it. Just yellow number five. What? <laughs> just, yeah, that's how it gets its golden hue. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep. That's <laughs> or it's made in the toilet bowl. One, One of the two. two. Uh, Did you say number two? I don't two? even know. Number two in the toilet bowl? That's how it's made? Yeah. I think he meant a number two oh. pencil, but not like a pile of shit in the bucket. Oh. Barrel. I didn't say that I didn't shit in the toilet bowl. No, but he was thinking Just number two. You said number aged two. in the toilet bowl. That's how it got its golden hue. Anyway. Anywho, okay, so we should bring us back. Wrap bring us back. Bring us back. Here. Yeah, that's my you guys role. Are professional. Um, Something like that. So we, I know we've both had both Henry and Garth on Pour Another Round before, and we've asked you these questions, but we're and we've been here talking about. That's a that's a hint for all of you listeners to go back and listen to their episodes if you have not yet. Yes, go back listen. Uh, we've got two Mobcraft episodes. The um, I guess regular. Mobcraft Can people still crowds crowdfund? Is that still happening? No, no. We got cash. You missed your, op- you missed your opportunity. Oh, you missed your opportunity it. to yeah. invest in Mobcraft. You raised eight hundred and uh, forty-four thousand. Congratulations! To the round. That's what has. So just wait until they into our new they add the next four locations, and then you can invest again. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. And you can get a sweet sweatshirt out of it because Jonathan and I both did. Yep, I've got my sweatshirt. Yeah. We nailed it. Yep. And mug club members for mug life. Club for life. Anyway, I'm sorry. Oh, we talking. got the mugs in. Ooh. Did you bring them? No. <laughs> no, I want mine to sit at the table. I do too, but I wanted to. If you're use part it. of the mug club, you have to yeah. keep it at yeah. the table. They gave you an option to take it home, and yeah, I said, that's dumb. Yeah. I want to walk in like a baller and be like, give me my mug. Yep. Number whatever. Anyway, um, okay, we've been talking a lot about beer and the great taste of the Midwest and stories from great taste, but to you know, stay consistent with how we uh, like to finish out our episodes here. If you're um, you're not drinking Mobcraft beer, Henry, we'll start with you. If you're not drinking Mobcraft beer, um, or maybe there's something that you plan to seek out at Great Taste, what is it uh, that we might find you drinking? Um, at home, I have been having a lot of fun making different shrubs. Based shrubs? Up. Yeah. Like so it's like an apple cider vinegar-ish base and then kind of go buck wild on the ingredients. So I don't brew at home very often. But I grow a lot of weird stuff in my garden, a lot of herbs and whatnot. Do, so I've been does making the, like... Does DEA listen to our podcast? Probably not. No, no, no. <laughs> not that, that, shrubs, not that not kind shrubs. of shrub. <laughs> No, um, so it just uh, as a non-alcoholic beverage, you know, something that's flavorful and fun and bubbly, and then you've got a lot of stuff. So I like our Tulsi, which is uh, like holy basil, they call okay. it. So Tulsi, turmeric, ginger, playing with a lot of those. So from when you can't drink every day of the yeah. week, those kind of things are fun. Um, outside of that, I am 
just a fan of trying anybody that is kind to me. That's how I select my beverages. Like, oh, you're an asshole. I'm not going to bring something you made. Oh, you were super generous and nice. I want to try what you're doing and support your continued growth. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, Waterford Still House is a new tiny distillery down in Waterford, Wisconsin. And they're super genuine, fun people. So it's fun to have cocktails. And it's fun to drink spirits from them. Same thing goes with new breweries. I always go back to, like, New Barons in Milwaukee. Heidi and John are just, like, awesome brewery owners. They have good souls. And they make awesome beer. So that's how I pick and choose what I want to drink. Because um, I really like everything. But it all comes back down to what do you want to support? The people that are cool and genuine or just the backstabbers? Cool and genuine. For sure. sure. I'm using one of New Barons beers in the Witch's Bit. Yep. Yep. Spoiler alert. Yep. That's all. I, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I thought it, we. I thought it was clear. In the charcuterie. Yeah, I got it. All right. I got sorry. it. Yeah. In the, the education tent. He wouldn't tell us any. And then he let yeah. slip. Thank yeah, you. Nice. I didn't know I had to provide that extra background. I got that. You know, jokes are funny when you have to explain them. <laughs> I'm like, what have you used that for? <laughs> I can't remember three minutes ago. All right, Garth, uh, you're up. Probably Mexican Lager right now. From uh, if I had to pick one from Six Hundred Eight Brewing, uh, out of Lacrosse. Yeah, oh, yeah. Here, I I twisted Phil's arm to get that in a keg here. He was reluctant to send it out anywhere because he's selling it just fine at his tap room. And uh, went up there and brewed with him a couple months back and had it there, and was like, "Dude, this is amazing." I'm, we probably kicked a keg like a six still drinking it my team and i that were up there the no it's it me phil the head brewer and and uh, another team member that i brought up with me or two team members that i brought up with me and so we had our fair share of beer while we brewed it was damn good so i'm drinking that up in god's country in the driftless region garth you gotta you gotta come down to denver then and try the mobcrafty taco mex let's go that you're digging like Derek, our brewer down there, like he is a freaking champ and logger. He's got like he's got hardware from past brewing careers of all loggers. Like I think he's got eight GABs. Damn, the Mexican loggers. So right now, D Taco is hiring head like executive chefs, and when you hire an executive chef, this is something I didn't know. You hire them to come cook you a meal. Like so that's our job interview is getting to, the brewery to going, yeah. And then all these 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 hirees come in and they're cooking and whatnot. So we got Maxi Lager, and then they're all cooking Mexican yeah. food because it's a taqueria. Oh, damn! <laughs> I'll buy my ticket. So, yeah. I'll see you there. You know, and I think we have room in that party house. So all right, you got a bed at least. Combinations are taken. I'll care hit of. you up. <laughs> I don't think my work is paying for uh, for a stay for me, so I'll I'll hit you. Up. I think it's a tax write off. <laughs> I got another. Sorry, this is more context. I got another job too. I work for a tech company. <laughs> Not for, just cars. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds lame. It's beer tech beer though. Tech. It's oh, cool. Oh, all right. That's, yeah. like, okay. that's like it's research fair. and development then. It's yeah. beer tech that I use. Yeah. Oh no shit. Okay. As well. huh. It's good stuff. It's all work it's all related. related. Yeah. Always. <laughs> all right. Cool. Well, uh, we are super excited to be celebrating Great Taste of the Midwest here at Garth's Brew Bar for our pre our kickoff party to the weekend. And thanks, Garth and Henry, for being a, being letting us be a part of it and for being a part of this episode, too. And um, for, for uh, anyone who hasn't been to Great Taste before, definitely... 
try and get your tickets early right away next year. Well, cheers, guys. Uh, thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pour Another Round. Be sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Pour Another Round. We'll be sharing news and information from breweries who are friends of the show. You can also find out what we're drinking and hear about upcoming featured breweries as well. Until next time, be sure to pour yourself another round. <laughs>